Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Across the UK, online and on DAB Digital Radio. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others on TalkSport 2. All the action, excitement and drama from across the entire women's game, including the Women's Super League. Clean off the line by Steph Horton. The UEFA Women's Champions League and the Euro 2021 qualifiers. Lana Clellan striking from outside the penalty area. World-beating, big match conversation on the station that's raising the game for women's football. And she scored! Women's Football Weekly with Fake Carruthers on TalkSport 2. Hello, hello. Welcome to Women's Football Weekly. It's another packed show for you and we're going to be discussing today's news. The clubs in tiers three to six of the women's game have had their campaigns curtailed for the second season in a row. Elsewhere, Chelsea stormed to victory in the Continental Cup final, retaining the title and claiming what could be their first of four trophies this season. Back it goes again for Frank Kirby on a hat-trick, squares it for Kerr, who's also on a hat-trick. And she gets it. Oh, those two have just been nothing short of sensational today. Team GB finally have a head coach, and it's a familiar face that will be leading the side in Tokyo. It has to be some, some way relaxing, but also focused when you need to, because you need to enjoy the ride as well. And Leicester City edge closer to promotion with victory over Durham in the big clash in the championship. That post, and it's in again, and he's in Tierney again. Whoever it is, has given Leicester a two-goal lead. We'll also be hearing from Manchester United and England's Alessia Russo on her journey back from injury. This is Women's Football Weekly, National Radio's only dedicated women's football show. I'm Sam Mewis, and you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2. Hello team, how are you all? I hope you've had a good week. Right, a packed show and some great guests for you. Uh, Becky Spencer, Tottenham and former West Ham and Chelsea goalkeeper, how are you doing? Hi, yeah, I'm really well, thank you. Um, I'm glad to be on the show. <laughs> Brilliant, well we're glad to have you. How's the uh, injury recovery going? Yeah, um, it's going well. Um, I've been out for a few weeks um, and you know I'm back on the pitch training, so hopefully you know, within the next you know, few weeks I can be back playing on, you know, and being with the team a lot more. Wonderful. We look forward to seeing that. Tom Gary from thank The you. Telegraph, how are you? Hi, Faye. Yes, I'm very well, thank you. Lovely to speak to you. 
Always, always. Now listen, there we were, all ready to have a discussion about the football at the start of the show for the first time in a while. But then another big story's come out today and after the good news last week that the Women's FA Cup would resume, we've had a blow for some lower league clubs with news regarding the curtailment of tiers three to six for a second season in a row. So it's basically incomplete with no more games this season. The decision made by the FA Women's Football Board after they considered feedback submitted by leagues and clubs and is subject to approval by the FA board uh, and or the FA council. Um, Tom, uh, your reaction to this first and foremost, we were kind of expecting it, weren't we? We were, yes, but it still will come as a big blow to to many players and staff who've, who've worked tirelessly throughout the, the season. Uh, this impacts an extraordinary amount of people. As, by my maths, this is 292 clubs across 30 different leagues. Uh, so it's a really big decision. Um, but I, I mean, I wrote a story in The Telegraph in, in late January that uh, a survey that had gone out to clubs initially was showing that a majority were in favour of, of bringing the season to an early end because of difficulties with things like facilities and the fact that so many volunteers run some of the tier five and tier six clubs. Uh, but still, uh, so even though it was expected, this will come as a big blow, particularly for clubs who were enjoying good seasons and wanted to try and, and, and try and climb the leagues. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Watford currently top of the National League Southern Premier Division, Huddersfield from the Northern Premier as well. And actually, I'd like to introduce you all to uh, uh, Wolves women's manager Daniel McNamara, because they're top of the National League Division One Midlands uh, League, which is uh, the fourth tier of women's football. How are you doing, Dan? Hi, how are you doing? You OK? Yeah, really good. Thank you. Listen, first of all, congratulations for your 3-0 win over Stourbridge ladies in the FA Cup yesterday. <laughs> well, that was a, that was a while back now. Um, that was just before the lockdown, so uh, we're looking forward to. That's what. Do you know what? I was thinking that, and then I but I read thirteenth of, and I thought, oh, maybe it's restarted. <laughs> that yeah, part. no, that. So yeah, that was a, it. Was a while back now. I wish it was uh, yesterday. <laughs> yeah, well, I tell you what, it feels like we've been on Groundhog Day, doesn't it, for the past year? So, you know, it certainly feels that way. Um, the Women's FA Cup has resumed, though. Grassroots football set to return on the 29th of March. But then this announcement comes today. What were your initial thoughts? Uh, I think uh, still still really raw, if I'm honest. I think uh, really emoti- emotive at the minute and just hugely disappointed. I think that sort of sums it up. Um, as you said before, it was expected. I, I've been trying to come to terms with it over the last two to three months but it, it still it still hurts if I'm honest uh, it still really hurts when you hear it for, for, for a confirmation if you like so yeah it's, it's still raw at the minute Yeah I mean a lot of clubs have decided to keep their counsel on this for, for the moment um, you, you haven't you've been quite vocal about, about what you think how has the whole thing been organised? I think uh, to be honest I I think the, the the biggest disappointment for me was was the lessons that didn't get learned from last season. Um, you mm. know, I, I hate to to keep referring back to the position we were in twelve months ago. I think we, you know, we were not just ourselves as well. We were we were very close to clinching the national league and and moving up the, the pyramid, and it was null and voided. And and, and we just really hoped as a club and, and as a as a group of people in the female game that lessons would have been learned. Uh, and I think you know, twelve months on. To, to do it again and effectively lose two years of, of female football is it, it was beyond thinkable for us and uh, yeah I'm not too I think my, my biggest worry now is the fallout of this I think there's a lot of people who this potentially pushes over the edge now I think uh, you know people right across the country in, in the National League and below we've dedicated our lives 
some some players and staff have dedicated our lives over the last two years, and and this is just a a huge huge kick in the teeth for for everybody involved. Yeah, it's a sucker punch, isn't it? Um, we've got Becky Spencer, Tottenham goalkeeper, with us uh, tonight. Dan, I think she's got a question for you. Yep. Hi, Dan. How are you? Hi. How are you doing? You okay? Yeah, yeah, not bad, thanks. Um, yeah, I've just got a quick question. I just wanted to know, like, kind of how you were preparing your team to kind of go back to playing with so much uncertainty, whether the, the season was going to go ahead or not. But how was how was your players reacting to whatever you were doing behind the scenes to, you know, to get to keep them mentally, you know, fit and well, and to also keep them physically well? Like, what what kind of process did you go through with your players? Uh, I'll be honest, uh, Becky. I think. Mental health is the fault again. Another huge fallout and a worry for, for me now going forward. Um, you know, it's it, this is a release for people. I, I've struggled. I've struggled for months. Uh, you know, and I know the players have. Um, and we've been trying to engage them best we can. I think the first lockdown and the second lockdown, they really bought into the programs. You know, we were doing Zoom sessions, and and to be fair, they still have this time round, but. I think right across the country, this lockdown has really hit home for a lot of people and not just involved in football. Um, so I think we've just been trying to be a support mechanism for the players, uh, not necessarily you know, forcing anything upon them, but just being there if they do want to continue. And listen, the group that we put together here at Wolves, there was never a doubt that they'd, they'd want to continue and be ready to come back. Um, but I think the big, the big thing now is how, how do I mentally prepare 20, 25 players to, to, to be ready for an FA Cup final, an FA Cup uh, tie against Nottingham Forest with, with nothing to play beyond that? Um, I think that's, that's going to be the real challenge and it'll definitely be a, a challenge I've not faced before in my coaching career. Hi, Dan. It's Tom here. I hope you're well. Uh, just one question I wanted to ask you was, obviously, one of the bits of news that's come out with this today is the FA saying that there will be a chance for clubs to apply off the field for licences to move up the pyramid. Do, does that offer you any small consolation, or despite the fact that uh, you won't be able to achieve promotion on the field? Or or, or is that is, is that not on, on your mind at the moment? Yeah, I think, again, it's really raw, Tom. But I think, you know, and, and, and listen... People all over the country will relate to what I'm about to say, to say is we're involved in competitive sport for a reason. We want to create moments and we want to create memories that will that will stay with you forever. And um, and that's the that's the thing that gets me the most is I've got players amongst a group who are coming towards the end of the careers now, uh, and you know potentially that was their last opportunity to really really seat a moment as a group and, and, and achieve something that, that will stay with them forever. And to have that taken away from them, that's the thing that gets me. You know, we've we've worked really hard. And again, I'm not just talking about Wolves here. I'm talking about clubs all up and down the pyramid. You want to create those moments together and, and, and the things that will unite you as people in, in 20, 30 years to come when we see each other walking around the streets of, of Wolverhampton. And, and to have that taken away from you uh, as a group that's what gets me, mate. So, yes, I'm hopeful at the club and I'm sure the club will put a tremendous case to go up. Uh, and I really do hope that we do go up. But for me at the minute, it's it's losing that moment, that, that moment with my players. That's what I'm really struggling with, Tom, if I'm honest. Yeah, I completely understand that, Dan. Listen, thank you for coming on and being so honest. We really appreciate it. And we'll follow exactly what Wolves are doing uh, in regard to, to potential promotion as well. And, you know, we wish you the best of luck as well for the for the rest of the season in the FA Cup. And uh, we'll speak to you again soon, no doubt. Brilliant. Thanks a lot for your time, Faye.
Take care. Dan McNamara there, manager of Wolves Women. You are listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Others, alongside Spurs goalkeeper Becky Spencer and Tom Gary from The Telegraph. Coming up, Chelsea lift the Conti Cup. On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app and on your smart speaker. Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the home for women's football. This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the only show on national radio dedicated to women's football with Faker Others, Spurs goalkeeper Becky Spencer and Tom Gary from The Telegraph. Don't forget, if you do miss any of our shows or you want to listen again, our podcast is available on the TalkSport app, so you can download it today and go to our podcast section. Now then, yesterday, the first silverware of the 2020-21 season was up for grabs as holders Chelsea took on underdogs Bristol City in the Continental Cup final. This is how it played out. Fleming. Space has been found here by Wrighton, who looks for Kirby immediately. He's got him behind. Can she finish? She squared it brilliantly. And there's the opener. And it was Sam Kerr arriving at the back post. Such a good combination there is between Kirby and Kerr. They link up again. And Chelsea in front here inside two minutes of the Continental Cup final. Daniels has lost possession. And Kirby finds Kerr again. And it's the same end result. Chelsea double their lead, and it's that combination again, finished off by Sam Kerr, ruthless clinical finishing from her, and it's 2-0 to Chelsea. Kerr's pass to release Kirby, who's in again here, one-on-one with the keeper, might square it, decided to go alone, and then it goes. One again, she's having... So, yes, Chelsea are the Continental Cup winners. Their eighth major trophy and the second time they've won the League Cup and made history again by making it the biggest margin of victory in a final. Bristol City had conceded 14 goals to Chelsea without reply in two league meetings this season, but they'll be disappointed to concede another six in in a big final. But Becky Spencer, Chelsea were just fantastic, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, they're in great form at the moment anyways. And, you know, when they're on when they're on a form like this, is they're so hard to play against. And, you, you know, you kind of nullify one thing, um, but then you end up, you know, you, Bristol, you know, they gave them a good game at the start. They tried to kind of, it was a, it was a tough game. They tried to kind of uh, press and, and do what they needed to do, but they, they just couldn't, once you nullify one thing, you can't, you know, that's it, it's done because there's, they've got so much strike force and it's, it's just all too much. And then when Sam and, and Fran are playing together, they've got a you know a f- phenomenal partnership. And um, Fran was incredible yesterday. She was so unselfish in her play um, and she assists just as much as she scores. So she's in incredible form. Twice as many as she scored as well. Two goals, four assists for Fran Kirby. And she was absolutely phenomenal. Sam Kerr got a hat trick. And, you know, they, they were just so dominant in, in this game, Tom. And where Bristol City perhaps had been getting a bit of confidence and momentum in the league. Uh, Chelsea obviously had had a slip-up against Brighton earlier in the season and are under pressure against Manchester City, but this will have given them a massive boost. Yes, and Chelsea did it without needing to call upon Pernilla Harder, who sat on the bench for the entire match. Imagine that, the most expensive player in the world, and you don't need them in a 6-0 win in a final. It was extraordinary. 
Uh, I, th- I thought Chelsea were unplayable at times. That said, though, Bristol City will be slightly frustrated that for all of the first three goals in the build-up, they gave the ball away in their own half, which uh, that's quite harsh of me to say that. But when you're playing a team that's as good as Chelsea, you can't really afford to give the ball away at the back like they did there. So, But they'll learn from that. Uh, and you mentioned Bristol City's momentum. Uh, they've got another tough game on Wednesday against Manchester City. But I, I don't think that um, the loss will impact them. I think they've been quite good at focusing on the games in the league that they need to win to try and stay mm-hmm. up. And I think what Matt Beard will do is really galvanise the group again to, to get them back on track in their, in their fight for survival. Yeah, he's thinking about it smartly, isn't he? Um, obviously, the win overshadowed by a horrific injury to, to Maren Mielder. She seemed to twist her knee a little bit under the challenge of Bristol City's Amy Palmer and screaming in pain. Eventually had to be stretched off, went straight to hospital. Now, we have had a tweet from Maren Mielder today, which is good news. She says, unfortunately, my season has come to an end, but... My knee injury is not as bad as it might have seemed. I will have to undergo surgery, but if everything goes to plan, I'm going to be back with the team in the summer. Thank you to everyone for your messages. Your support has been overwhelming. I know I have the best people and dog, medical (laughs) and team around me to get back soon. Really happy to have won another trophy. Now I will be Chelsea FC women's number one fan. Uh, That's a heartening message, Becky. Yeah, um, I've been really fortunate to play with Marin uh, for a couple of seasons and her character and her leadership, you know, obviously will be missed uh, in and around the team and on the pitch, you know, she's she's ever present for them and she's a, she's their go-to player. Uh, she's so consistent. Um, but if there's anyone to face an injury and to take it in their stride, it's Marin. She's got such a strong character and she's so strong-willed. So I've got no doubt she'll be back, she'll be back playing as, as soon as she can be. And she had that, has that amazing team around her as well. Guru Wrighton and Frank Kirby, very emotional at the end of the game and held up Mielder's shirt during the trophy celebrations, which was a really lovely touch. Uh, let's hear what the managers had to say, shall we? Emma Hayes and Matt Beard. Um, Chelsea manager uh, Emma Hayes, first of all, rated her star striker Sam Kerr's backflip celebration. I mean, I'm shaking my head because I've waited 12 months for that and she could have given me a heads up to let me know it was coming today, but... It came, and I have to say, the first part of the flip was okay. The second part was really sloppy. It would have been a 4.0 if it was being rated at the Olympics. Marin is a a hugely popular member of our team. She's the the mother hen. Um, She's a player that's admired by all. She is uh, a player that we have counted on so many times. Um, So I think everybody's really devastated for her today that she couldn't celebrate with the team at the end but I know my club and and whatever the situation is that we will we will definitely take care of her I just felt we showed them a little bit too much respect early I think if you look in in the second half when we was a little bit more aggressive with you know stepping on and putting them under pressure also I think the occasion probably got the better of us as much as we've tried to play it down as we've gone throughout the week and I said to the girls yesterday in the team meeting I asked how many have been in a cup final and one of them put their hand up. So, um, look, Chelsea uh, an unbelievably talented team. It was a tough task uh, anyway. But I think I can probably say for the first time since I've been here, I was a little bit disappointed with the way that we went about ourselves in the first half, especially with the way that we turned the ball over for their goals. But then there's also some positives that we can take you know, from today.
Yeah, certainly great experience for many of those Bristol City players. But, you know, when you go up against a side like Chelsea, you just cannot make mistakes. And I'm sure that's something that Matt Beard is going to be working on with his team as we come into the running at the end of the season. Right, this is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Ruthers alongside Tom Gary and Becky Spencer. And next up, Team GB finally has a head coach. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Ruthers on TalkSport 2. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2. I'm Faker Rothers, and keeping you company with me is Spurs goalkeeper Becky Spencer and Tom Gary from The Telegraph. So, we waited a long time for this, didn't we? Team GB finally have a head coach to lead them to the Tokyo Olympics. It was announced last week, and it is the interim England head coach, Hege Risa. So, she's going to be assisted by Rianne Wilkinson, who she worked with during February's England training camp. She won Olympic gold with Norway back in 2000. So, perhaps is the perfect person to try and get some success at the delayed games. It is Team GB's first appearance since 2012 after they qualified by finishing as the third best European team at the 2019 World Cup. Uh, let's hear from the lady herself first and foremost, shall we? Talk Sports' James Savondra asked her what's going to be the key to success in Tokyo. To be careful enough between the games, uh, run, not run out of gas, uh, have the energy going into every game and uh, and do whatever we can to to have the the days in between light fun so be like when the game is on you are focused and you want to win and in between it has to be some some way relaxing but also focus when you need to because you need to enjoy the ride as well well, hopefully they will enjoy the ride. 18 players going to be taken out to Japan, so there's obviously going to be uh, some left disappointed. But is Hege Risa the right candidate for you, Becky Spencer? Yeah, I mean she's you know she's got so much experience, um, and obviously she was one of the one of the best players for Norway when she was playing. 
Um, obviously, she's won the Olympics. She's been through it all. Um, so, yeah, I don't see why not. And she brings a different perspective to, you know, to Team GB and she'll have different experience and, and different stories to share, which is, you know, really important when you're going into a tournament like that. Mm, really interesting, Tom, to read that the players were told via email on Thursday ahead of the midweek game between Birmingham and Everton, which finished 4-0 and we will discuss in a minute. But, you know, certainly some unhappy managers with Carla Ward and Willie Kirk both angry. The FA have apologised for it, but pretty poor admin error. Yes, uh, and Carla Ward and Willie Kirk were both quite critical of, of the poor timing of, of that news being given to, to players. Hannah Hampton of Birmingham learning she wasn't on the shortlist and, and four Everton players, two supposedly in and two out uh, just before kickoff, which understandably Hannah Hampton, so young, w was very upset. Uh, and as you said, yeah, there was an apology issued and it just sounded as though it was an error, essentially an oversight um, that somebody somewhere didn't, really realise that there was a match going on for those players, which, uh, yeah, is it, disappointing and difficult. But um, looking forward, the, the task of narrowing down that squad to 18 players is extremely difficult. And I, yeah. I, I don't envy Hager Risa and her team for, for having to do that. That's not going to be easy at all. No, it certainly isn't. It does beg the question whether she'll take two goalkeepers and those two goalkeepers will be Ellie Roebuck and Sandy McKeever. Although, you know, obviously Mary Earps is still uh, in the running. Uh, Karen Bardsley as well now out in the States. So, you know, we just don't know what the thinking is there at all, do we? Um, the game itself, though... Um, 4-0 to, to Everton. They continue on. Uh, stuttering uh, for Birmingham, though. Goals from Jill Scott, Alicia Lehman, Simone McGill and Claire Emsley. And pretty decent performance, this one, from, from Everton, Becky. Yeah, um, you know, obviously they started off the league campaign really, really well. Um, and then they kind of went through a bit of a, a rough spell just in the middle of it. Um, and Injuries. Then Valerie just, Govan, yeah. such a miss. Yeah, honestly, you know, she's you know she's such a such a threat up front, and you know her aerial ability and stuff like that. Um, but they brought in Jill, and she seems to have uh, really boosted their team this year. Um, and yeah, obviously they've got a, they've got a great they've got a great squad. So you know, I don't expect anything less from from Everton to be honest. No, um, there was another uh, game over the weekend: Reading nil, Tottenham nil. Uh, Reading looked the better of the two sides in this one. Thirteen shots, three on target, and Jess Fishlock with the best chance of the game as well in in the first half. Um, Reading had nearly gifted Spurs all three points after a big mistake, letting Gemma Davidson uh, get in, but uh, Grace Maloney managed to clear off the line. And th th this was a funny game, isn't it? Because they're funny teams, Reading and Spurs this season. Quite inconsistent, Tom. Well, Reading are the draw specialists, aren't they? Extraordinary number. <laughs> so of, consistent, uh, actually. <laughs> uh, well, you're, but you're right in inconsistent. In they seem to be drawing some games you think they might win, and then drawing some games you think they they might have lost as well. So, yeah, yeah I think that's actually an extremely good away point for Spurs, putting them five points clear of the relegation zone. It could be very, very valuable indeed, come the end of the campaign. And I, I, but also, I think that Reading, we have to just take a step back and think how how much they're overachieving given the, the comparative status of their, their men's side and, and the resources available to them. I think Kelly Chambers has done, uh, yet again, uh, an extraordinarily good job to have them yeah. in the top half of the table. 
I absolutely agree with you. And it's it's just, you know, we talk about this pretty much every week when we're going through the results. It's it's a delight to see how tight it is at the top. Chelsea on 41 points, two points clear of Manchester City. Manchester United on 35, Arsenal on 29, Everton 25 and Reading on 20, then Brighton just behind them on 18. And actually, had Everton not had that little blip, you'd actually have five teams competing for the, for the top three places for the Champions league and that's what we want Becky isn't it a competitive WSL yeah um, obviously there, there is still a gap um, but as the years go on it does get much better and I think you know this time round obviously there's a lot more there's a lot more teams that are, are competing and, and I think the top four teams know like each game that comes is always going to be a battle and they have to obviously you know with, with Chelsea losing to Brighton which wasn't really expected by anyone you know, you can, anything can happen. So I think, you know, the top four teams really have to have their wits about them because, you know, us teams, the teams at the bottom of the league and the teams in the middle, you know, really still fighting for something as well. Yeah, I didn't mention you on purpose because I know you would have preferred to have had a better season than it has gone so far, but obviously a change of management. Rianne Skinner mm. came in and started doing a fantastic job. How, how, how has everybody adapted to her methods and what do you think you can do under her in the future? Yeah, um, she's brought a new a new style for us. Um, she's brought a you know a much better structure um, in the team, and I think you know with her character and you know just the willingness to win and you know just with our mentality as well has has changed quite a bit. So it's been a change for us, but it's been a welcome change, I think. Um, and you know she's she doesn't. There's no secret that we want to you know end up in the top half of the table. And I just think for us, it's just about getting some consistency, um, start getting the points that we need. And, you know, next season I'm looking forward to, to hopefully, you know, having that consistency and, and having a real team togetherness. Was there disappointment not to beat Reading or is a point against a side like Reading pretty good? Yeah, I mean, we're on a, we, we hadn't been on the best run recently. And I think, you know, for us, it was important that we didn't lose the game. Um, and, you know, we, we were disappointed. We had some good chances and I think, you know, I thought the game was pretty even. Um, I thought sometimes we dominated the game and I feel like we could have, you know, gone out and got all three points, but it just wasn't meant to be. And I feel like we're creating chances now. So it's just about us kind of converting them. And yeah, hopefully come next Sunday against Bristol, we can win that game. I tell you one side who are converting their chances. It's Leicester City in the championship. Massive, massive game in the title race. Finished Durham nil, Leicester City two. That was Durham's first defeat of the season and it came at the hands of their promotion rivals. Defended really, really well, but just couldn't hold out in the end. Samantha Tierney breaking the deadlock in the 47th minute and then adding a second uh, 13 minutes later. It means Leicester go three points clear at the top of the table. They're looking really good for promotion this season. At the other championship results, Sheffield United won, Charlton nil. Blackburn nil, Lewis three, Liverpool five, Coventry United nil. So as it stands, the table, it's looking like it's a tussle between Durham and Leicester, although I'm sure Liverpool and Sheffield United will have something to say about that. They're locked on 31 points, which is seven points behind Durham, but they have got a game in hand over Durham. Tom Gary, um, how are you thinking this championship season is going to end? Does it look uh, certain that Leicester are going to be promoted? I think that Leicester's win yesterday was huge, uh, decisive, uh, and with their game in hand now, um, they only need seven points from their final four games to be promoted, and I think that they'll they'll get the job done. Um, they yeah they they are 
on course to join the WSL and, and fair play to them. They, they, they really backed the side in the transfer market last summer and it's paid off for them. I think the, the disappointment for neutrals is that Liverpool haven't really joined the party this year. Um, but also just on the championship, one thing I'd like to add, if I may, learning today that uh, a little bit of a side story to the tier three and six issue we were talking about earlier is that mm. I understand that there will be a, a team relegated down from tier two at the bottom of the championship, which wasn't the case last year when, no. when tier three were were curtailed last year. But my understanding is that that relegation spot will remain at the bottom of the championship. So that's quite significant because that's the first time um, since... Since when we had the the introduction of WSL two, as it was called in twenty fourteen, mm. I don't recall anybody ever being relegated from the second tier of the English women's game just by purely where they are in the table. We've seen teams go down through financial issues, etc. But this will be the first time we see a relegation battle. So that's actually I think quite good news to give uh, those teams in the bottom half of the table now something to fight for in the running. Yeah, London Bees currently at the bottom on eight points. Coventry United two points ahead of them, and Charlton on 11 and and obviously we talked earlier on to Dan McNamara of Wolves there will be clubs um, putting in applications uh, for promotion as well so that'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on right you are listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2 I'm Faker Others alongside Spurs goalkeeper Becky Spencer and Tom Gary from The Telegraph next up we're going to hear from England and Manchester United midfielder Alessia Russo you are listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football with me, Faker Others, alongside Spurs goalkeeper Becky Spencer and Tom Gary from The Telegraph. Don't forget, if you do miss any of the show, you can catch up by downloading the TalkSport app and subscribing to our podcast. Just search TalkSport Women's Football Weekly. Uh, now then, here on the show, we do like to pick a person, a club, an organisation or an event from the world of women's football to shine our spotlight on now and again. And this week, we're hearing from England and Manchester United's Alessia Russo. She's been talking to TalkSport's Bradley Hayden about her journey back from injury. It was a massive learning curve really for me, I think. I learned a lot about my body, um, what works, what doesn't work, um, and just try to focus on how I could like best support the girls in other ways rather than being on the pitch, um, which unfortunately wasn't possible. Um, so yeah, it, it's been quite a long process, but um, one that I take day by day and, and just looking forward to getting back on the pitch and, and being better than I was. Yeah, and, and obviously you started so, so well to start the season with, with, with United. I mean, how much of a blow was it, I, su- I suppose, to, to get that, that injury so early on, especially after such a strong start? Yeah, it wasn't easy, um, obviously. Um, I'd just started getting a bit of consistency and I was really enjoying my football um, more than anything. And I think that was maybe reflected on the pitch, um, obviously with lockdown we went a long time without playing games or training. So I was just buzzing to be back playing and in a team environment. So yeah, it was a blow, but as soon as it happened, I kind of liked to always have something to focus on. And I think I just had to focus on what I could do between now and then when, um, when I got hurt and figured out what ways I could support the team and what I could do for myself to keep myself ticking over really um, besides from being on the on the pitch itself and obviously starting so well uh, at United in the summer I mean take taking it back to the summer what, what was your reaction when you first got the phone call to say that United wanted you yeah well I've been a United fan my entire life and 
obviously I grew up with two older brothers who were football mad as well. So it was it was an honour when Casey phoned me and there was an opportunity for me to come to United. And um, I'd grown up watching the class of 92 and my grandfather um, actually was Sicilian and he came over to England and his first football game or his first introduction to the Premier League was Manchester United at Old Trafford. So a really successful season so far, four points behind City in, in second place at the moment. You know, being around the place, is there a real belief that United, you know, can challenge and, and compete for that second Champions League spot this season? Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's always been a bit of an internal confidence here at the club. I think we know the talent that we have in the dressing room and we work like we see the work rate of, that goes into the programme um, every day. And I think that we have such a strong bond on and off the pitch and it's coming to fruition a bit um, this season. And we're such a young club, but we have so much potential and we want to go right to the top. And I think that, yeah, obviously, um, it's still all to play for this season. We've got six massive games and we can't afford to drop any points. So, yeah, it's exciting and and we're looking forward to seeing where we can go. England and Manchester United midfielder Alessia Russo talking to Talk Sports Bradley Hayden there. A delight listening to a, a young player like that, Becky, with so much enthusiasm and really at a club at the moment that seems to be going places. Yeah, um, you know, obviously she's been really unfortunate with the injury. Um, but yeah, she she was in great form, and like she said, she was you know getting some consistency behind her, um, and you know she's she's been a real miss for them, I think, um, you know, and as she said, they're um, they've got six kind of cup finals basically from now until the end of the season that you know that they have to get maximum points from. But um, yeah, I mean, she sounds hungry. She sounds like you know she can't she can't get can't wait to to get back on the pitch and get you know back playing again. So it's nice to hear such an enthusiastic and, and hungry player. So yeah. And especially hearing that that enthusiasm when she's gone through what she's gone through, Tom, in terms of such a long injury layoff for her. Yes, a huge blow for her to miss so much of this season. But uh, I I think she's got the character to come back stronger. And and there's so much hope around the game for what she can do in this league and for England in, in the future. I think a lot of people are really hoping she could be leading the line alongside, say, Ebony Salmon for a long time to come uh, in the future of the, of the England team. And this is somebody, let's not forget, with a, a great experience from with North Carolina Tar Heels in the United States college system, uh, whose list of alumni who've learned from World Cup winning coach Anson Dorrance is extraordinary. Uh, not just Lucy Bronze and Tobin Heath, but also Serena Vagman was there. Mia Harm, legends of the game have all come through that system. Mm. So if if Alicia Russo has picked up even just a little bit of what those players picked up in their time under Anson Dorrance over there, then that's very exciting for the future of, uh, of, of England and Manchester United. Some of that magical fairy dust, please. Bring that to the Lionesses. Lovely stuff. I tell you what, she could also potentially be playing in the Champions League next year if Manchester United managed to cement that third place in the quarterfinals for this year's Champions League. Uh, the draw was made the other day. Next week... Uh, are the fixtures for the quarterfinals. So Chelsea are going to be facing two-time winners Wolfsburg um, and uh, Manchester City have been drawn against Barcelona. That's for the quarterfinals. At the semifinals, they could then play um, uh, Lyon, 
who might be playing, this is where it gets complicated, FYI, uh, Sparta Prague or PSG, and then Chelsea would either play Bayern Munich or Rosengard, which means that Chelsea and Manchester City can now only meet in the final, which is on the 16th of May. Does that have destiny written all over it, Becky? <laughs> I mean, that's what we would like, you know, to have two English teams in the final. Um, you know, it's unheard of. So, yeah, that was that's something that's the plan we're hoping for. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're both really, really tough games. I think, you know, Chelsea in the uh, in the quarterfinals that, you know, their game wasn't as convincing as, as Man City's performance against Florentina. So it'll be interesting to see how they both do coming up against a, a lot more stronger opposition in the in the next round. Yeah, it's going to be really, really interesting, isn't it? And actually, um, Chelsea have got Everton in the WSL on Wednesday. Manchester City face Bristol City. Two other games um, in the WSL on Wednesday. Villa against Brighton and West Ham against Birmingham. And then on Friday, if Manchester United do want to be in this conversation about the Champions League next season, they really need a win against Arsenal, which is where they travel to on Friday night. And on Sunday, it's Spurs against Bristol City, who've been very busy. (laughs) Three games in a week for them. Uh, Difficult times for for Matt Beard. And uh, obviously, you'll be watching that one intently, Becky. Listen, it's been a pleasure having you with us. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I hope you'll come back again. And uh, I, I, I promise, I promise all technical issues will be resolved <laughs> and we'll have a proper, <laughs> proper chat. Yeah, that's fun. Thanks for having me. I've enjoyed it. Lovely, lovely. Speak to you again soon. Becky Spencer, Spurs goalkeeper. Tom Gary, always a pleasure. Real pleasure to speak to you, Faye. Have a lovely evening. You too. Take care of yourself. Right, this is this has been Women's Football Weekly. Next week, we're going to be joined by Arsenal and England defender Leah Williamson. But my thanks to Becky Spencer, Tom Gary, Dan McNamara, Alessia Russo, producer Flo, Bradley Hayden, and of course, to all of you as ever for listening. Don't forget, if you miss any of the show or you went to listen back to any of our specials from last year, you can download the Women's Football Weekly podcast via the TalkSport app. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.